Audio Experience Podcast, brought to you by Jim Herlihy, independent commentary from a Silicon Valley perspective for a global audience, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 24, Episode 19, Canceling a Prominent Literary Career in China. Acclaimed author, Guoling Yan, fights back. Our guest today is noted Chinese-American author, Guoling Yan. She joins us from San Francisco. Hello, Guoling, and welcome to the show. Hi, Hi. Very happy to be be interviewed by you. Oh, my pleasure, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you. Guoling, you're here in California in part to promote your new novel, Melati. It's a story of a young woman in China who pursues a career in writing, not unlike yourself. This will be your 41st book, I believe, and the first to be launched by your own publishing company, New Song Media. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a 44th novel. I, I've written a lot of short stories, and uh, so there were some collections of short stories and, uh, and novellas. So maybe it's uh, all together, 44 books. It sounds like I'm 200 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Girling, before we launch into Malati and your new publishing venture, Let me take a few minutes to share your career highlights as a writer with our listeners. You were born in Shanghai, and you joined a dance troupe in the People's Liberation Army when you were 12 years old. Through your teen years and 20s, you continued your education and training with the PLA, writing your first novel in 1986. In 1992, after coming to the United States, you graduated from Columbia College in Chicago, with an MFA in creative writing. Through the 2000s and up to 2022, your writing career flourished with many novels and numerous screenplays to your credit with readers in China and many other countries. You're also a member of the Academy of Motion Pictures. The arc of your writing career flourished against the background of political change in China. First, with Deng Xiaoping's opening of China in the 1980s and 1990s, followed by Jiang Zemin's continued cultural relaxation in the 2000s, especially with the arrival of the Internet. But then in 2013, with the selection of current President Xi Jinping, the pace of intellectual freedom began to reverse. And finally, in 2022, your ability to publish in China was closed down, as well as your access to social media. So what happened, Guoling, and why? I think it is first what the cost the, the government spend my novels in China because I wrote and published this article called the Hide, 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 criticizing the Chinese government to hide how they hit the facts of the pandemic. So it made the world misjudge the severity of this pandemic and miss the chances for the people to survive. So this article, after this article was published, actually was on the WeChat public, you know, just send it all by myself mm-hmm. to many people and to the groups of chat groups. It, it, the second day was like uh, billions of hits. 
then then immediately was uh, taken off from the WeChat platform. So then the, uh, what followed this is uh, um, my books are stopped to be uh, distributed from the People's uh, Publishing House, which is the most uh, pre- prestigious uh, publishing house. So I was told that the other books are going to be stopped for the distribution. Was there any opportunity for you to appeal that decision? No, I, nobody. It's a kind of a nameless and faceless and uh, you know bodiless um, person who called from authorities, uh, telling the publishing house that you are not allowed to do this to publish uh, to distribute Galing Yan's works anymore. But he would never tell the uh, the people who received the call who he really is. So who he worked for, but everybody know this nameless, uh, faceless person is uh, is representing the the higher, the highest uh, authority. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting in China when we talk about when we talk about censorship. I understand that the police, the Guobao, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. The the police will call writers and invite them to come into for tea. Yeah. When, and when they come in for, tell us what that means when the Guabao, the police, invite you to come in for tea. What does that mean? No, no. If, if you are politically unreliable, okay, you're suspected, suspected by the government that you are uh, criticizing or accusing government, anybody, you know, uh, not just the authors, uh, writers, they will, the police will ask you to have a tea or to have a talk over tea. So then you know you are in trouble, you mm-hmm. know. This is a kind of a soft detention. I see. To the extent that you're, uh, of course, you live in the West, you live mm-hmm. in you live in Germany, uh, you spend a lot of time here in the United States, you're an American citizen. I guess they didn't invite you to come in for tea. Uh, I, I'm uh, so far apart. <laughs> I, I'm so far away. So they could, and I know that after the article, Hide, 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 was published, I better stay away from China. Mm-hmm. You haven't returned to China since that article was uh, was published? Correct. And uh, I've also stopped getting paid by numerous uh, publishers who still owe me money. Oh really? Is there again? Is there any appeal for that? For the for what they owe you? So I tried to get uh, my lawyer behind the, the, all this thing in the business. Some people who owed me the, the big money for the film and the TV series right mm-hmm. uh, for a novel. So they are going to make movies, and but uh, they uh, bought the the right, but they only paid the first installment, uh, and mm-hmm. the, the latter half the. They just kept not paying me. Well, a number of your books have been turned into films. One of them, of course, was the the Sent Down Girl, Shu Shu, which was directed by Joan Chen here in San Francisco. So you have a number of screenplays and a number of movies that would generate royalties. So none of those royalties are going to be paid to you at this point until your lawyer works something out? Loyalty uh, is novelty in China. There is, no, you know, they paid you once and for all. You know, they they're not going to pay you uh, loyalty anymore. 
you know, I worked for BBC for uh, on a, a film. It's a documentary film for Animals World. You know, something oh, yes. like that. Yeah, the, that movie. Although it doesn't make m- a lot of money, but uh, I, you know, regularly receive a small amount of money of loyalty. That mm-hmm. that was the first time. You know, I was so happy and surprised that the, the you know small amount of loyalty keeps it keep coming in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and that's the way it should be. I remember last year there was another controversy about a movie called One Second. It was a movie which was based on one of your books, and mm-hmm. you didn't get any credit in the movie for the original story. Tell us about that because you and your husband Larry worked to to try to get acknowledgement and uh, in Germany and France and uh, other countries in Europe. How did that work out? The movie was based on my uh, most important novel called the uh, the criminal Lu Yanshi. It's based on my uh, grandfather and my father's story. It's a fiction, but based on their uh, real experience. They tried, you know, they they tried to distribute this film in China, and the propaganda department just make them changes here, change there. So the the censorship worked so severely. On this movie, and uh, finally they t- tell them just to change Yangling's name, just go uh, uh, cross out her name. Then you can, dis- uh, you know, you can distribute this movie. Mm. So they did. And then they, they before that they, they called me. The literary advisor who worked for director called me. Uh, this is the third movie this director did uh, based on my novels. Okay, so mm-hmm. we have very good relationship and. The, the, his uh, literary advisor called me and said that we cannot uh, you, uh, put your credit uh, in uh, on this na- na- movie. So we uh, we have no means to uh, appeal. And so I said, okay. So if you distribute this in China, I understand because I'm my name is canceled from uh, Chinese uh, uh, locality. Uh, no, the, the Chinese uh, in anything, you know, it's like I'm not an existing mm. person, you know. So they wiped out my information, but my books are still circulating. Mm-hmm. It's very absurd, you know. Larry and I, but when they sold this movie to to Europe, to the U.S., to, uh, to uh, showed in Canada and uh, showed in many important uh, international movies, uh, festivals, and I started to protest I said, you know, you can do this in China, but you do this abroad, outside of China. You are against law. You know, you are uh, violate my uh, intellectual property. Yes. Uh, then we talked. We we got a lawyer, and the, our lawyer talked to the lawyer who who were distributing uh, this movie. And the the the, the most prestigious uh, distribution distribution company in French called the Wild Bunch. I think that it's a, a famous one. They stopped. You know, they just stopped uh, distributing oh. this film. I, I I think this is the victory we won. That was a victory. I mean, you fought back and you won. And as a result, right. they can't yeah. they can't distribute that movie in France, which is a, a big market. Yeah, the, the, all over Europe. Oh. That company, yeah, distributes movies all over Europe. Oh, okay, very good. Well, you uh, you you pushed back, you fought, and you won. So, congrats. Yeah. So, score one for you on that score. Now, now, tell me, for instance, 
Weibo is the Chinese equivalent of Twitter X, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And WeChat is like Facebook. Yeah, you can very easy to send pictures. I see. But your accounts for both Weibo and WeChat have been closed, right? No, WeChat, no, they didn't. But I was watched. I've been watched. If if I say something and uh, in the group chat and the, the group is going to be in danger. I see. Of course, there we talk about this great firewall in China where mm-hmm. it's difficult for, for Western apps to get into China because of this firewall. But for instance, it's such a huge market in China. And I think something like 700 million people in China have uh, smartphones and iPhones. Is there any way that you can you can publish on the internet some of your work? Yeah, fortunately, uh, they only banned my books uh, in book forms. Mm. And uh, the audio books are still circulating. But, you know, some licenses are already expired. They should pay me for new license, but they, they just uh, kept running the audio books. You know, they, all these people are taking advantage of me not being in China and not be able to go to court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about that other story about the the woman who had been chained and you feared that it was human trafficking. And tell us about that because that was also uh, that was also a story which didn't sit well with the Chinese government. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was very shocked to learn this uh, story. That uh, in the, in this uh, is, the story seemed to pull our two thousand back to back in reverse uh, in the civilization. You know, you, you see this uh, contemporary woman who is worked as a birth machine and mm-hmm. a sex slave mm-hmm. and it was really literally chained. And so I was very angry. So I wrote another article called Mother and Mother, you know, mm-hmm. it's mom and mom. Maybe Then I, some self-media person who I know personally and called me and said, do you want to Oh, can we have a, 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 some kind of a conversation tonight? Mm-hmm. Then I had a conversation. I didn't know it was in the air. You know, mm-hmm. he was. Uh, he didn't explain to me very clearly. So he he was saying, "Oh, the you know Chinese government is selling their orphans. They are now they are charging so much for foreigners to adopt a Chinese babies. So they are selling. They are the traff the human trafficker. Mm-hmm. They are the uh, baby." Uh, uh, kidnappers uh, and he, he said that Xi Jinping is the biggest human trafficker in mm. China so I said okay okay yes Xi Jinping is the biggest oh my goodness <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> and Larry was uh, uh, kept in uh, in quarantine because uh, he uh, had a positive uh, test result so he was in the quarantine for almost like 14 days oh dear yeah, so the, that night he was uh, out first night to to be out of uh, to check out the, the the quarantine and had the first dinner with us. So I was in a hurry. I said I'm going to cook for my husband. So okay, I I said but but you know I want to I if I want to use this risk uh, to criticize Xi Jinping, I would 
say more thoughtful things, you know, yes. with my intellectual judgment and analysis, right? But this is a totally a waste of risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, tell me, you've had one success with the film, and so that as that film, one second, as that gets, that's been banned from distribution in Europe. So that's one victory for you. Now, tell us about your the publishing company that you created in Germany. It's called New Song Media. Tell us about that publishing company and the first book that you've published through that company is called Malati. Tell us about the company and the book. After I got banned and and more uh, seriously, after I criticized the Xi Jinping and called him name, my situation in China was getting uh, more and more tight, more, more and more difficult. And so, uh, not uh, not only I cannot publish, and um, you know, my pieces in uh, which uh, the auction houses are auctioning mm-hmm. uh, last year were stopped. You know, my uh, calligraphy or my manuscript and some auction houses are auctioning them. It was very difficult for me to get any income from China. I have to uh, do this uh, to, to self-publish this. Uh, and so we uh, established uh, the company for publication and also for film production. Last uh, June, this company started uh, the first publication, my book, Miladi. Uh, I really love this book because it is my own experience as a young writer who mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed the freedom that we had in 80s and uh, ended with all, all of us disillusion in Tiananmen Square massacre. But this is my first time to write a person's experience, a person's a story story that is so close to my own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then after I was uh, begin began writing this, I already told my uh, public uh, pub, uh, publishers uh, who are magazine editor in chief, and he said, "Oh, sounds very good. I'm going to publish it." But and then afterward, everything stopped. So mm-hmm. we started this uh, publishing business uh, in last uh, June, uh, end of last June. So, so far, it was selling pretty well in uh, Amazon. And uh, I am started uh, to promote it. That's why I'm here in San Francisco, because the 3rd of January, I'm going to have a public speech and a book signing in San Francisco Public Library. We, we plan to be there. We plan to be there to uh, to hear you speak. Now, Guling, can, can your fans, your readers in China, can they buy Malati from Amazon? Uh, no, they can't. First, uh, they have to have the uh, account where they can pay for the book in the U.S. or anywhere else, not in China, because this book is not uh, distributed by any uh, online distributors in China. It's not, uh, you know, because in China, when you, uh, when you want to publish a book, any publishing house wants to publish a book, they need a book license, which only is issued by the 
propaganda, but how to say the propaganda ministry? Oh, the propaganda ministry, yes. Yeah. It, it sounds as though you're making steps, certainly with mm-hmm. the with the self-publishing company and your mm-hmm. self-promotion. You'll be doing a reading at the San Francisco Public Library on uh, January 3rd. A couple of months ago, you did a reading in Vancouver, Canada. I know you've done other yeah. readings. So now you're marketing the book and getting out there and you're the, you're the face of the book. So that's, uh, that's obviously an improvement. Now tell me, have you, of course, you wrote Milati in Mandarin Chinese. Have you considered writing in English? Published one book in English, which is a kind of a, a parody. Uh, yes, I was uh, kind of uh, successful because the BBC made it uh, the book of the night. Um, they, uh, mm. uh, they, yeah, they have this uh, some kind of a reader they read it out aloud in the radio form. And uh, but uh, you know, in the, abroad it takes like uh, uh, it takes like uh, two to three years to saturate a market. Yes, the market. But in China, the, the all these publishers are, are after me. So, can you write a book for us? And then you know, then. The, the, demand is much higher in China. Mm-hmm. So I gave up, uh, not gave up, but just uh, I had no time and energy for English writing anymore. So I was busy for uh, some books, uh, some books who are, uh, are uh, being adapted into movies. Uh, mostly I myself had to do this adaptation. I'm just like a candle who had too many heads, you know, burning all the, all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, from all the ends, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, I'm now I'm thinking about writing English book because not so many demands from China, and I'm afraid to write without whatever I want to write. Yes, of course, and of course, as Milan Kundera once mm-hmm. said, to abandon your native language that you've written in and to move into another language that has challenges, right? Yeah, right. And my books are uh, being trans have been translated into twenty one or twenty two languages. So once I finish my uh, book, and you know, English translator and French translator would would just uh, would contact me, and uh, the um, for for example, Milati is girl's name, by the way, is already sold the English translation oh. to uh, yeah to. London-based publication, yeah, a publishing co- company. That's very exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're you're establishing a uh, a new uh, channel to mm-hmm. to sell your books in the West while the censorship is going on in China. Well, right. Well, Guling, in the remaining few minutes of the podcast, what are your mm-hmm. closing thoughts for our listeners, and what is the next phase in your very remarkable career? I, you know, writing is is what that makes me happy and makes me uh, like myself. Yes. Okay, yeah, I have to have the sense of achievement to like myself. So I'm very strict with myself. So I have to keep writing and to have this happy self. And I, I, I think I have this creative energy um, higher than normal people. I have to just keep writing and keep writing what I prolonged for so uh, you know uh, uh, postponed for for long time uh, like uh, stage plays you yes. know now i work on uh, stage play 
And uh, I have a total liberty to choose what kind of uh, form and what, what uh, genre for myself to, to write. And it's like, um, it's a kind of play, you know, I can play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can express yourself. And you know, I would imagine that, you know, when you were writing for a Chinese market, there was an element of self-censorship. You didn't want to say certain things or, or deal yeah. with certain issues. Tell us a little bit about that self-censorship, because when you're writing in, a, in an authoritarian context, you sort of shut yourself down to a certain extent, right? Right. Yeah, you know when one book is, you can never be uh, uh, totally free to express, you know, whatever you want to express. It's always some words are sensitive, are and unpopular and popular they want to want them out then as uh, Xi Jinping's uh, regime uh, get, getting to now and more and more they censor and uh, so uh, after a while you actually you're uh, psychologically or subconsciously write uh, around those things right. you think mm-hmm. you experience the those things the the censored off right mm-hmm. this is a danger i think as a free thinker and a writer that subconsciously you are censoring yourself so this is uh, the time i felt alert with myself and uh, i think this is the time i have to get out of this system mm-hmm. so that's a, another reason for my uh, for us to establish this uh, self-publishing business and I think if I make enough money, I will help other authors in China, outside China, who are censored, who, whose works cannot be published, not because of the quality of their works. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and tell us, your reading is going to be on January 3rd here in mm-hmm. San Francisco at the San Francisco main branch of the Public Library. That's in Civic Center. What time is it going to be, Guling? Uh, it's uh, for two o'clock in the afternoon. So that will be Wednesday, January third at two p.m. at the San yeah. Francisco at the San Francisco Public Library, the main branch in Civic Center mm-hmm. Plaza. And for any mm-hmm. of our listeners, please do make an uh, make an effort to come and meet Guling and hear directly from her what it's like to write in China. And let me share with the listeners how they can contact you. Your personal website is www.yangeling.com. Your, your company's website is www.newsongmedia, newsongmedia.de. Your Twitter handle is at yangeling, Y-A-N-G-E-L-I-N-G. And your mm-hmm. Amazon author page is www.amazon.com slash author slash Yan Guling. Is that right? Yeah. Well, once again, Guling, I want to thank you so much for having joined us today and sharing with us the, the high points of your career, some of the frustrations, and the fact that the fact that even though you're being censored in China, you are fighting back. So you are, you're making headway. You've created your own publishing company. You've published your first book through that publishing company. And then of course, with the film in Europe, you're able to get that film stopped because they weren't giving you due credit. So again, congratulations. You're, you're, you're making an effort to bounce back. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. My pleasure. Really- and we look forward yeah. to, and I'll look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, January 3rd. Okay. Yes. Thank you. And for our listeners, today's episode is number 485. Listen oh. to listen to us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, 18 platforms, and join our listener base that spans 60 countries. Feedspot has recently recognized us as a top 25 California news podcast. This has been the San Francisco Experience Podcast with Jim Herlihy coming to you from San Francisco. 